This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. Hardy Blues, this is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven, here as always-ish. <laughs> Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, if you can hear cars going past, that's because I am recording this on the way to go and watch the boys uh, against young boys at Goodison under the lights and uh, hoping for a victory. Well, and I'm ho- really hoping that we don't get smashed by more than three goals because that mean that'll mean we're out. Uh, like I said last week, I'm going to try and record a podcast every week. Uh, try and get together with Mark if I can and record at least a little bit each week so you you guys over wherever you are can keep up to, up to date with us um, looking back at the weekend's game against Leicester and what a disappointment it was after being on a bit of a high with the performance at Young Boys in Ben. 4-1 victory and obviously the Lukaku hat-trick we thought we might have turned the corner once again and once again it proved to be not the case um, strange game there was some nice attacking play uh, but there was also a lot of sloppy play again uh, we I think saw the stat and Lukaku had 9 attempts on goal uh, I've seen some criticism, and obviously, you know, he could have done better with a few of the chances he had. But people saying he was awful, I thought he had a good game, to be honest. He's really, I'm not saying he's got a good first touch, but he's starting to deal with it a little bit better, like knock the ball into space rather than killing it dead. Uh, he's getting a little bit better at it. He's got a long way to go, though. So, this this is a new role for him. And it's like we've bought this £28 million player who is used to getting onto through balls and uh, and, and we've kind of turned him into a bit, bit more of a hold-up player, which I think every, every, man, every front man who leads the line needs to have into his game rather than just being an impact sub. So I think once he puts it all together, he'll come good completely hopefully and uh, hopefully be at Everton while he does it rather than the big club he desires to be at um, the game Alan Lennon came in for Morales uh, Morales apparently upset Roberto according to a few whispers going around before the game uh, don't know if it's true or not but didn't think we'd see Morales and throughout the game he didn't warm up until very very late on uh, Eventually, we took the lead in the game. Uh, Naismith, uh, I, th- I thought at first it was a bit of a scuffed finish. And he did scuff it a little, but he, he kind of played the ball inside the defenders and uh, caught the goalie by surprise, and it was Schwartz and goal, and he could have probably got down a little bit better. But nice little finish, put us 1-0 up. That seemed to spare Leicester on, and the amount of chances Leicester had throughout the game, and it's no wonder they're bottom. If you thought Lukaku's finishing was bad, I mean, these guys, they could have been 4-0 up before we took the lead. So, 
I mean, I think we were lucky to escape with a point in the end because, uh, you know, we should have been dominating the game and I think we did dominate the, 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 the ball, but they had the best chances of the game by far or the most chances of the game. So, uh, they quickly got an equaliser and then shortly after that, in fact, just go on to that equaliser. Who should it be? None other than uh, David Nugent, who comes on and scores with his very first touch, seconds after coming on. So, inevitable, I think, in a lot of Blues' eyes. And then uh, I think the other sub came on and, and made it 2-1. So, disaster. Uh, we, we, some of the substitutions we made, I think it was Atu lost the ball, and Atu looked, he looked shocking when he came on. Uh, I, I just, I don't get the logic behind that substitution at all. He came on, and we had Naismith on the left, we had Aaron, Aaron Lennon on the right, and we had Atu kind of behind Lukaku, but over more to the right, so we had two wingers pretty much on the right hand side, and we had Naismith on the left hand side just absolutely baffled me I think a lot of Evertonians were scratching their head the equaliser came with uh, Atsu funnily enough on the left and he kind of fired the ball across and what we thought was um, a superb Lukaku diving header turned out to be a bit of a bobble off his head and then rebounding ricocheting off uh, Matthew Upson's shoulder and into the goal but back to 2-1 I think uh, Lukaku's celebration was a bit muted and that's probably why because he realised it was going nowhere near the goal when he headed it but 2-all really chasing the game really chasing our victory and we just couldn't find enough and you know a lot of people there were a few boos going around and then a few people staying to applause uh, to applaud the, the lads and I find it difficult I won't boo them but in the same regards I find it difficult to stand there and applaud their efforts when there wasn't much of, a, of an effort there I think what they deserve with, performance, with performances like that is indifference and that's what they got from me just stay to the final whistle you know obviously disappointed made me way out uh, so two all against bottom of the league at home and now moving on looking ahead to the young boys game 4-1 four away goals can we we can't blow it can we surely not team news has just come in and um so I'll, I'll, obviously you'll get this tomorrow and we'll all know the result a uh, little bit a uh, little bit of a talk about the team selected line up uh, Gibbo comes straight back in and funnily enough he comes in and uh, McCarthy and Barry both keep uh, both play as well so we've got three central defensive midfielders uh, Luke Garbert's come in on the left Alcaraz in the middle We've got four lads who are booking away from a suspension, so I think a couple of them are sitting out. Uh, Lukaku, many people thought would miss this game, and Kone get a run out, uh, is selected up top. Morales is in, and Naismith is in. So it's a. And Howard, who um, I really kind of glossed over a lot by uh, not mentioning Howard and the Leicester rundown, uh, manages to keep his place. So it does that signal uh, Joel getting a run at the weekend. 
I don't know, but uh, he needs a strong performance tonight to kind of win people over a little bit. You know, the few people who are going to be there live on the box tonight on prime time telly, ITV, and uh, Tim Howard's going to probably play in front of about 15,000 people at Goodison. By the way, it looks like the ticket sales have gone. And he, uh, you know, I think people will see this game as a bit of a foregone conclusion with the 4-1 uh, uh, scoreline. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we won't get bit on the ass with stuff like that. Uh, anyway, off the game now, and hoping for a good blue victory, or at least just getting through. Uh, Going to try and catch up with Mark and get him to get a few words, and uh, hopefully. We'll be a little bit happier later on when we're on our way back. Catch you later. Back again. And I found an, uh, an old stranger who wants to say hello to you all. Yeah, it's Mark Mack here. Back for the first time in a long while. Um, just walking up the game now with Johnny. Uh, and looking forward to a, a decent game. The side he's put out is, is stronger than I thought it would be. Uh, looks a bit like a little 4-3-3 formation from this, the side he's picked. But obviously by the time you listen to this, you'll, uh, you'll know if that was the case and if it all worked out. Um, I think we'll easily go through tonight. I can't see them winning 4-0 by, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but hopefully we can get another win uh, and get a bit of momentum running, which is what we've been sorely missing for the, the past couple of months. Coincidentally, the time I've been missing off the podcast, so what does that tell you? Anyway, um, just been watching the, the end of the Liverpool game there. They, they look lucky, Liverpool hanging on towards the end. But uh, I guarantee you, this is Mark Max's prediction, I guarantee you that the, the draw at 12 o'clock tomorrow, Everton versus Liverpool in the next round. That's my prediction. Uh, as far as tonight's game goes, uh, I think um, Kevin Morales needs a big game for me, and he's my uh, he's going to be my player to watch for Everton because uh, you know last few weeks he hasn't done it for me, and he, he needs to step up tonight and show that he's uh, still committed to the blue shirt. This is the Not Bitter Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, not bitter, just better. Or you can find us on Twitter at just better EFC. Right, walking down after a bit of a damp squid, would you say that was? <laughs> well, certainly wouldn't uh, call the first half a damn squib. I thought it was a decent game. Obviously, young boys getting the first goal and uh, a few little squeaky bomb moments there. And then, obviously, uh, Everton took control of the game and we went on and won it comfortably. Uh, and obviously, looking forward to the draw tomorrow now. Yeah, I was only being slightly ironic there. Um, I think there was a good few cheers throughout the game. Uh, the biggest cheer was probably when we uh, that, uh, Dejan Lovren had. Uh, uh, missed his penalty still not seen it yet still walking back from the game and then there were a few cheers randomly from the young boys uh, fans who just were just going a bit mental I think they were the man of the match yeah I'd agree with that um, different class the young boys supporters uh, you know put Goodison fans to shame a little bit there uh, we did have one fella in a pair of speedos and nothing else though leading a few cheers down in the Gladys Street end I uh, don't know what that was all about you said you wouldn't tell people about me doing that. <laughs> yeah, so all eyes are on the, uh, the draw tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Um, 
Who do you want? Who do you fancy? I'll tell you who I don't want. I don't want Napoli. I don't want to go to Russia. Uh, anyone you fancy or you don't fancy? I think Ajax would obviously be a good uh, little away day. Um, Fiorentina, we owe one. Uh, Villarreal, we owe one. But that, what that means to actually uh, beating them, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'd like to play Besiktas because. The defensive frailties aside, they can't half pass the ball and they, they look very dangerous, so um, avoid them. Club Bruges, Club Bruges is the one that we want. Yeah, possibly. I think, I mean, Zenit, although Russia's a poor place to go, quality aside, I don't know, there's some good sides in there, isn't there? Yeah, well, as, we, as the list was coming up at the half time scores, there must have been 12 teams that said, ooh, I don't want them. Um, so yeah, my fingers are crossed for Club Bruges. Uh, other than that, you know, I say maybe one of the Spanish sides. I don't know. Uh, Sevilla looked at dangerous this season. Do we want Delafeu coming back to haunt us? Uh, so yeah, all eyes on that tomorrow on the draw, and uh, hopefully the Blues will march on once again in Europe. Yeah, we'll have to wrap up because our chopper's arrived. Catch you in a bit. I'm Kevin Cheney, and you're listening to the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. Right, back in the warmth of players after we got our chopper back. Yeah, that's right. Um, you might hear some crazy Everton songs in the background as uh, Paul's playing DJ now, trying to uh, keep the crowd drinking after that game. Well, it's better than what he normally does, which is put Queen on a loop for about 15 hours. This is true. Um, so we're going to look forward now to the Arsenal game on Sunday. Uh, obviously another uh, Europa League hangover, so the game's going to be played. Uh, I think, is it... Are we late kick-off on Sunday, are we? I know we're not no, televised. No, Just before we go on to that, can we just have a little bit of a talk about that? I don't think we actually talked about the actual game, did we? Probably not. Any, uh, any standout players for you against young boys? Uh, it turned out to be a bit of a stroll in the park, really, didn't it? I would have thought, um, you know, I thought Lukaku did well in the first half. Um, and Alice got involved a bit more than he has been doing. Um, I didn't think there was any particularly outstanding performances. Uh, I thought Coleman and Garber both played fairly well. Uh, yeah, so no one who, who massively stood out to me. I thought it was just a generally, you know, fairly decent performance against a, a poor side, in all honesty. Yeah, just saw the stat about Lukaku. Uh, that was his 100th goal already in his career, and he's 21. So, for all the knocks he's had, all the criticism he's had, and, you know, sometimes deservedly so, that's still some stat, isn't it? Yeah, that's his 100th league goal. I think Daniel Sturridge is 25, and he's only got some league goal, he was in Europa. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting confused myself now. I saw a stat the other day, though. That goal. They were talking about league goals, and oh, he's yeah, got yeah. something like 71 at 21. And Daniel Sturridge has got 58 to 25 or something. And so he doesn't do a stupid teapot dance. He doesn't know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Did you have a particular man of the match? Did you even say the Kaku? Or... I, I I like Gibson. I, I like. I just think he. Yeah. He, I he, forgot he's to mention. He just, contro- he just controls it. He, he just offers so much, uh, so much of a uh, different option in comparison to Barry and McCarthy. And. We were wondering how he was going to fit in, and the answer was he fitted in perfectly because he just sat a little bit in front of them and just spray, spray passes around. And you know, I don't, we, I, I don't know whether we could play like that against the Premiership side because they're a lot tighter at the back. Uh, He's not going to beat anyone for pace anymore, is he, Dallin Gibson? Let's no. face it. But as you say, you know, 
giving a ball to him when he's in a bit of space, allowing him to pull those strings to play forward passes. Uh, he still looks like he's got it. Looks dangerous. Yeah, so I, I thought when when uh, Roberto first came and uh, Gibbo was dropping down f- for the ball, I don't think Roberto rated him at first, and I still don't know whether he rates him. But now when Gareth Barry came in, he, he kind of adopted that position where he dropped deep to get the ball from the goalkeeper. I just wonder whether um, Gibbo might resume that role, you know, with Barry in and out the side. I, I think you're being unfair there. I don't agree that he doesn't rate him because would he really have shown this much patience when him through all the injuries and you know nurturing him back into the first team? Why would he not just have sort of washed his hands of him and you know let him run his contract out languishing in the reserves? I, I think he does rate him because you know it's clear to see if you got to pick someone from our team to put a three ball through or to play a forward pass or do something a little bit different at the moment he's the one. Yeah, uh, another mention for Kone. Apart from, you know, he, he could have done better with his first effort. The second effort at the post, he was unlucky, and the third effort, he plays over the bar from a tight angle. But I thought his link-up play was superb, and he, he, he's definitely a different option than Lukaku. And I think he could possibly uh, play alongside Lukaku if, if he was up top, and Lukaku kind of drifted around a little bit, and the, the, the interchange that position. You know, if Naismith was injured or whatever, I think that could be an option for the future. Yeah, I agree. I love that. I love that. Um, so, yeah, on to Arsenal. Moving forward, uh, Arsenal on Sunday. Um, I don't. I so I watched Arsenal in the Champions League game on Wednesday night. Uh, I don't think you saw it, did you, Johnny? No, I did not. Um, and if that Arsenal turns up, uh, and this Everton, and this Everton turns up, then. You know, we've got a game, we've got a real good chance of getting three points down at the Emirates. Uh, Arsenal on Wednesday night. I looked at the Arsenal squad and you start to think, you know, they've been in good form recently. I think they've only lost something like one in ten or something or something similar to that. Ozil's coming back, Walcott's coming back, Giroud's just come back from injury. You're thinking, you know, they're starting to look like a really strong team and a strong squad again. But then, the performance he put in last night, Mesut Ozil, on that performance last night, you wouldn't swap him for Tony Ibi. Honestly, he was awful. Uh, Arsenal were poor, they were very narrow down the midfield, they had no width, um, and he just didn't look like scoring all night. I know Oxley chamberlain did pop up with a little bit of a consolation goal, but uh, they still fell to pieces after that. Uh, you know... As much as Everton haven't really been in form at the moment, I think we've got a chance to go down here and maybe cause an upset. You say Arsenal have like one defeat in ten, Everton one defeat in ten or eleven or twelve now. I know we haven't been, you know, hammering sides, but well, Arsenal have been winning games, don't and, and we yeah, but we can go down there and you know, I mean, you wouldn't be unhappy with a draw, let's say. No, no, obviously, I mean, in any of the big sides, when you're going away, you'd take a point, but I really do think. Maybe this is sort of blind optimism, but I really do think we've got a fairly decent chance of getting something. Bizarrely, last weekend, um, I had this feeling that we weren't going to get anything against Leicester. I actually thought we were going to lose that game, uh, and all the lads and work were saying, you know, were saying I was stupid for thinking that. Um, and look, we got a point. So, you know, I do. I've got a, I've got a good feeling about this game. Um, I do think we'll have to watch. Oxley Chamberlain, uh, and I do think we'll have to watch Walcott as well because he's obviously getting a bit of playing time now, and we know that he has got pace. 
uh, and he, he can cause teams problems. So if he's playing down that right, perhaps Luke Garbutt may still be playing. And as much as I like Luke Garbutt going forward, I'm still not 100% convinced with him. Uh, his defensive capabilities but I think was Bainsey on the bench tonight I'm pretty sure he was I think so I, I mean going up, going up to the game I didn't see the bench um, I didn't you know I, I saw Bessage warming up for about 10 minutes and you lot were trying to convince, convince me it was Browning because <laughs> Bessage wasn't on the bench well I think that's a little bit of a worry if Garbutt's playing there um, you know maybe Walcott can get him behind him but, but saying that you know Garbutt hasn't done anything at the moment to suggest that he, he's not up to the task um, I don't know. What, what, what do you think? Do you think? Do you, do you think it's a, it's a draw on the cards? Or I, I know, know you don't I mean, like to make predictions. I, I would, but... I, let's say I wouldn't be wouldn't be unhappy with a draw, just because you know out of the fixtures that are coming up, that's on paper the trickiest. I think we've got some tasty looking fixtures where we can hopefully, with a little bit of a you know, a, you know put a, a good run of games together. Hopefully, so you know, going off this game tonight get a draw or a victory at Arsenal and then kick on like we've been trying to for so long I mean we obviously we haven't had a conversation on the podcast now for a couple of, a couple of weeks so I mean if it's a fully fit squad going into the game on Sunday what what is your strongest 11 well minute? Stones is going to come back in isn't he yeah so uh, Alcaraz drops out uh, Coleman is Bainsey still your first choice left back He's got to be, hasn't he? I mean, he, he just... He, although he doesn't get uh, as many assists and, you know, his, his form going forward isn't as good, he's still a solid defender. And he's, he's a better defender than both Oviedo and Garbit. And as much as we like assists and we like, you know, free kicks flying in all over the show, first and foremost, he's a left-back. So, and he's England's first-choice left-back, so he's, he's, I suppose he's got, to, he's got to be, hasn't he? So it's Baines, Jags, Stones, Coleman for you. Joel or Howard? Baines, Coleman, Jackson, Stones. Jackson, Stones, Baines, Coleman, Jackson, Stones. Jackson, Stones and Barry and McCarthy and Howard in goal. Baines, <laughs> Coleman, Jackson, Stones, Jackson, Stones. That wasn't bad, that. Didn't Just see that on the spot. Didn't see that one, did you? So, uh, are we going for that song then? Or are we going for uh, a little bit of Atomic Kitten and Joel Robles? You can play in goal again. If you want to sing it, <laughs> you want me to sing that? I'm not going to sing that one. Um, I, Joel, yeah. you're number one. Howard's fucking gone. You can play in goal again. <laughs> anyway, there you go. So, Howard or Joel? For me, it's. Howard. Do you know what? For me, it's Joel at the moment. Why? Why? Because the lad was growing in confidence every game. He'd started, he kept three clean sheets, he was keeping clean sheets, I know he had a dodgy start. And at the end of the day, at some point, you know, we're going to have to move on from Howard. And at the moment, Joel is the choice, so why, well, I, why, I, why not let him... Who used to say he wasn't going to kick on from that and become... He's, he's not the successor to Tim Howard. Why isn't he? Because he's not. Why? I, which that's just my prediction. I think someone's gonna, someone else is going to come in. For how long have we been hearing that he's dead highly rated in Spain? You know, he, did, he worked wonders at Wigan when he first went there. You look at, I look at De Gea and I look when he come over and everyone at United was saying, this kid's not good enough. And, and now, he's virtually knocking on the door of being one of the best keepers in the world. Probably top three in the world after Courtois and uh, Neuer. So, I mean, why can't Joel go on and kick on and do There's the same? There's a certain level goalkeepers are at 
where they accept a position being on the bench for a Premier League club. For every other club apart from, I'd say, Chelsea, who've got Courtois and Czech, and they're both top. Well, United have got to Hayen and Valdez. But Valdez was, you know, injury worries, so, you know, there's a doubt there over him. So, Tim Howard, last season, was probably up there with the top four or five goalkeepers in the Premier League. So, it's like, you know, we're just going to discard him for this fella who wasn't really good enough to push him. No, I'm not saying discard him. I'm saying, you know, make him in his place back. Why? Are you telling me Joel hadn't done enough to, to be playing in uh, yeah. golf? Three clean sheets on the bounce. He didn't have to and do And then Howard comes back in and concedes for him. He, he, had, he had one good game. One good game in, in, in the, uh, the European game. I can't remember who it was against. But he was making wonder saves all over the show. Uh, what's the other? Might it be the cup? No, the cup game where he, uh, where he had the bat and uh, we went out on pens. That was the only good game he's had. The other games, he's been a spectator. So how can you judge him on that? That was West Ham, that game, by the way. Yeah, West Ham. Yeah. Um, you know, that. But would you agree that was the only game where he's had to do anything of real note? And in the end, you know, he was probably man of the match during the game, but he messed up and <laughs> we went off the cup. Well, we'll have to agree to disagree. Yeah, I think he'd done enough and was coming on enough to at least probably, you know, why didn't he play tonight, for instance? What was the need to play Howard here tonight? Why not? Why not sort of see, give Joel another game? Well, that's but, but there th- th- there's the argument there, isn't it? If you, you want to go full strength, but kind of look after players on a booking. I don't know. I mean, I I I, I think Tim Howard's Alan won. I think. I, so we both agree on a back four. We disagree on a goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, the two defensive mid. We've got four choices now. You've got Gibbo. You've got uh, McCarthy, Bessage, Barry. Which two do you play in there? As much as I love Gibbo, uh, I love Bessage. I think Barry McCarthy. I think I think Barry. Uh, he's been a little bit lost this season, but mainly because McCarthy's not been alongside him. I think they're still the best two together. Apart, you know, Barry, as I say, looks lost. Uh, McCarthy has to do the job of two, and he's you know the balance isn't there with Bessage and, and McCarthy. You, you know, you've got a lefty and a righty. Uh, you've got two righties. Who's going to play that left centre? It's it's not natural. I think they just complement each other so well. Uh, so we've got another three or four months out of Barry before he kind of dwindles down towards the end of this season. And then I think somebody, Bessage, will probably start next season as the first choice. I've, I've spoken on this podcast a number of times about how I like that balance and I like the fact that we have a left-footed player in Barry and he can drop in at left-back if need be and you know even cover the left-centre-back. But you know I just, I just don't see it in Barry. Uh, anymore, and I do think it's time to start playing Bessage. For me, it's Bessage and McCarthy. They're the two I'd play sitting in there. Um, I know Bessage has still got that tag of being a yellow card machine. And, what bad he is, don't Well, exactly, and you're always worried about maybe getting sent off, but uh, I do think the lad's been, you know, quality uh, for a couple of months now, so I think, again, he's, he's, he's pushed for this place, and, and that's what having a squad should always be about I think I think if you're doing the business and you're pushing for your place and you're, you're doing enough to keep your shirt there shouldn't be people who just come back in and, and take it back it should be done on merit um, so for me that's why it's, it's McCarthy and Bessich in there OK so you know two two out of three there what, we're, we're agreed on one what about ahead of them um, for me it's still 
me three across the front. I'd, I'd have Lukaku up top, obviously. I think that's a given, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, the chances that. he's missed, and you know, his first touch, still not the best, but he's still he's getting better. Yeah, he's, he's still the first choice. He's got to be. Look how many goals he, he, for a for a bad season, which people are saying he's had. How many goals he scored? Yeah, and I'd get I'd have. Nick Smith in behind and Morales and Lennon on either wing probably give Morales on the left and, and Lennon on the right and then for me that leaves Barkley and Atu on the bench and Yeah I think um, I'd leave them further away than that at the moment I'd just leave them behind the bench Right okay Barkley and Atu because I, I don't think they're doing it don't think they do Barkley needs a little bit of a spell in the uh, out of the spotlight and um, Osman Pina maybe coming back in. I think you'd be a bit unfair to him there. He's got, you know, don't get me wrong, I think he's been appalling this season. And I, I, again, I've spoken a number of times, I, I don't think at the moment he's improving or coming on or developing the way we thought we would. However, I think he has still got a certain fear factor for people. So if he's on the bench and you can bring him on the last 10, 15 minutes, he might not do anything, but he, he's a distraction. And he, teams will think he's going to do something and maybe take their eye off other players. Yeah, well, he's a distraction to himself because he keeps falling over the ball. Yeah, true. Um, Atsu, as much you know, he sets up a goal at the weekend, but I, I think he's useless. I just, I, he, he can't be that good. He can't go and become African Player of the Year in a tournament full of Premiership players and be useless. He, we haven't given the lad a go. But why? If he's if he's good enough, if he's this superstar. Why have we not seen him at all? Is it because Roberto uh, is just like, nah, he's, he's great, but I'm just not going to play well, him? According to a lot of Evertonians, De La Feu is a superstar, and he hardly ever got a game. It's just the way it is, because he's a young player. He got player. more of a sniff than Atsu. Well, you know, maybe the African nations came at the wrong time for him, as he would have had a chance to push for his place. You, you know, Lennon's coming in the same position as him now, so again, that's going to be an obstacle, but... Let's, we haven't gave him a chance. We went exactly, going out the club for someone else in to lo- on loan to play ahead of him. That's how much he rates him. Well, yeah, I, I don't think he's got any any kind of future for Everton at all. Uh, you know, even in the near future, I think he's yeah, I think he's a waste of space. So, a few differences of opinion here. So basically, what we're saying is we don't know our strongest eleven. And I'm sure that's the same for the Bears, and I'm sure anyone listening has probably got different views again. You know, some people might throw PNR in there, some people might think Oviedo should play in there if he's fit. Uh, you know, it's one of Oviedo, I mean, he's, he's, he's a good option to have on the bench because he can come in, slot in the left back or left wing. Um, he's, he's still not good enough to uh, oust Baines in the left back position, like permanently. Uh, but he's still got to be a young lad, so you know there's still time for him. But apparently, uh, Mr. Moyes is sniffing around for Oviedo. Yeah, well, that's what I read this week. Uh, obviously, Real Sociedad now. Moyes has always been linked with our players. You know, there's, I think he's had a look at PNR and Oviedo. He signed Oviedo, so it probably makes a little bit of sense, doesn't it? He knows his quality. Uh, and the fact that we've got Garber and Baines at the, at the club as well, he might think that he's got a chance of maybe. Uh, Nick and O'Brien here, don't think Gladys Street would be too happy about that, don't you? Garby, just back onto Luke Garby again, uh, out of contract at the end of the season. There's been numerous opportunities when Baines has been out and he's gone with Oviedo and Garby hasn't even made it to the bench. Is he going to stay? 
Well, he, he, he looked pleased tonight when he, you know, when he set up the goal for Lukaku running into the box. Uh, he, you know, he was right over there. He was celebrating. Um, I don't know he, he, whether he's had his, his head turned by maybe an offer from another club. Who knows? Across the park, possibly. That's what the rumours are. So. I don't know, I would have thought if they were going to sign him, they'd have had it well sorted out by now. Uh, and it'd be a shame, because he does seem like a decent player. He does, I mean, you know, we, we go back to a story where a former Everton coach told us that he, he, he didn't think he'd ever be um, good enough. In fact, a current Everton coach told us that he, he doesn't think he'd ever be good enough to make the grades. And, um, and then since then he's come, up, come on and he had a few goes in Europa, uh, the odd league game here and there, and not really disappointed. So... To me, it's disappointing at the fact that even if you don't really rate him, at least sign up on a contract and then flog him next season and get two or three million for him. Yeah, it's I mean, financial sense at least, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, we could go on through all the players. You, did, did you give a prediction on a man to watch? Uh, I'm going to go for a cheeky little 1 0 Everton win. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, my man to watch, uh, I mentioned Oxlade Chamberlain there, but my actual man to watch is Theo Walcott. Okay, so time to wrap up. Uh, this will probably go up on um, SoundCloud and iTunes tomorrow morning, so Friday morning, before UEFA draw. So I was going to hold off and put it up after, but I can't because I'm in work. So. Come on, Club Bruges. <laughs> yeah. Stick that <laughs> ball in the crossed, freezer now. Fingers crossed we get a good draw. Uh, thanks for listening as always, Blues. And this is hopefully the first of our regular slots being back in place with both of us here talking uh, so on current form now I'll see you in about uh, April <laughs> <laughs> you like to lose